Hello, hello. Welcome to the Kings and Beatles Daily Deep Dive number 241. I'm your host, Tony Fry. Today we're talking about Uncle Albert, Admiral Halsey by Paul McCartney, one of my favorites. So this should be a fun episode. Um, if you're here watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to our channel. We're trying to hit certain benchmarks so that we can uh, have some more features open up to us, and it would be awesome if you subscribed. Plus, then you can get um, uh, notifications and stuff on when we're going live, and you can set reminders and all that kind of stuff. So it would be awesome. If you're listening to this on the podcast feed after the fact, swing by our, our YouTube channel and give us a subscribe, please. That would be awesome. So, Uncle Albert Admiral Halsey. Released May 17th, 1971 on the album Ram, as well as a single in the United States on August 2nd, 1971. The track was a number one hit in the States and earned Paul a Grammy Award for Best Arrangement accompanying a vocalist. So, not really a Paul Award, I would have guessed, but you know, he, he, he has plenty to do with the arrangement. Um, so that's cool. Uh, a Grammy Award for a solo Beatle. He's already getting close to as many Grammys as he got as a Beatle because they were notoriously slighted. In a lot of ways, this is like the son of You Never Give Me Your Money because it opens slow with the more melancholic melody and all that. And then, uh, you know, this somber verse shifts into a more up-tempo section. Um, and includes a refrain that sounds like a children's song, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, versus, you know, hands across the water, or live a little, be a gypsy. Either one of those could be the uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven sections. Um, but as much as I love, you never give me your money, and I do. I kind of prefer this, uh, in terms in terms of Paul's Frankenstein tracks, where he took a bunch of. Um, unfinished songs and you know arrange them into one cohesive piece uh, I think this might be his his crowning achievement Um, I think one of the coolest elements of this song and probably what makes it my favorite uh, in this of this style of his songs is that it's arranged in a manner that almost feels as if it was composed as a single song which is tough to do you know, Paul's a master of combining song fragments, but it's always very clear where each fragment begins and ends, right? When you listen to Band on the Run, you know where each song fragment is. When you listen to You Never Give Me Your Money, you know where each song fragment is. But on this one, you have a few verses of We're So Sorry, Uncle Albert. And then he moves to an instrumental interlude that uses the chords for Admiral Halsey. But he doesn't go to Admiral Halsey from there, which is what you would think logically if you were writing this song. You would, if you're introducing Admiral Halsey, uh, the theme of that, you'd think that the the next, you know, eight bars, twelve bars, or whatever, would be that song. But he doesn't. He goes into the hands across the water, and then. Um, He goes into the Admiral Halsey. And then we get Hands Across the Water again, where it would make sense to have it. Right? If you were mapping this out on paper, it would make sense to put it after Admiral Halsey. But by the time we get to that part, we've already heard it once, so this is the second time we're hearing it. Um, And then that's followed by the fourth section of the song, which is the Live a Little, Be a Gypsy, Get Around, which is followed by the Admiral Halsey interlude music from before. 
and then another round of hands across the water. So all these sections are are really woven together, with the exception of the We're So Sorry, Uncle Albert, because we don't get that music ever again in this song. But the rest of it um, is all very intertwined with each other. And these fragments, uh, I don't know what they actually are, right? So I don't know if he wrote Admiral Halsey and Hands Across the Water as a verse and a chorus um, and Live a Little was just thrown in there or if they were all separate um, sections, you know, separate song fragments that he pulled in. To my ear, there's basically four fragments and then that little outro. Um, And if you told me that the the whole of Uncle Albert was a fragment, which makes sense, and that the whole of the Admiral Halsey section um, was written as a single song, and that there were only two songs combined for this, I'd believe you, based only on how well they are blended on this track. So it's like, even though I hear four sections, and, and in really it's like section two, three, what, what, what is it? It's two, three, two, four, three, two. That would be how those sections line up. Um, I, 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 if Paul was to say either way, I would totally believe him. Another thing that makes all of these pieces work so well together comes from their chord sequences because Paul never drifts too far from the key of C on this track. He opens in A minor, which is the harmonic minor to C, so getting from A minor to C is not an issue. It's a very easy, easy pivots to get to that. Um, Hands Across the Water is in C major. The Admiral Halsey section, you could analyze it in A minor or C, depending on how you interpret the cadences. So if you think, where's my pick? Oh, under my glass. If you're listening to the Admiral Halsey, if you think that he's going, if, if he's going six to one, then we're in the key of C. But if you think the the first chord is your home base, so it all depends on on where you analyze that. But um, you could do it either way, and the chords the chords work out in A minor or C because he's just using A minor, C, and E minor. So, like I said, he never drifts far in that respect. Um, everything, and then the outro is just a straight C groove. Um, there's plenty of borrowed chords, but the entire track is pretty grounded in one area of the keyboard, right? Because we're not using any black keys if we're doing A minor to C. And like there, like there are black keys, obviously, because he's using borrowed chords. There's a D major in the first, the second bar of the song. But what I'm saying is that all of them are very connected. So if they were written separately, he either just happened to write them all on keys that makes them even more interchangeable, or he re, you know, rearrange the chords into new keys so they would all match but it sounds great so you've got the we're so sorry so this is just a minor to d then this is the cool chord where he throws in the g minor seven So that G minor 7, that's the hook of that first verse. 
and then it's just chromatic up. So that's section one. And then you've got this interlude, which um, it kind of comes out of nowhere. He's he's using he goes back to that G minor seven. He likes that minor five to one. I mean, you could analyze this as a two five pattern, but you never get to one. So in that section, he's he's quoting material from section one, but he's only using a short little snippet of it. He's taking those two bars, basically, and repeating them. So even though the material is borrowed from another section, he's he's rearranging it and, and um, altering it in a way that it kind of becomes new material. Right, because he's the whole interlude is grounded on that G minor seven chord when the song opened on an A minor seven chord. So that's cool. And then you get the hands across the water. Now we're in C major. That's a cool little lick. Um, that F to A flat to B flat to C is one of my favorite parts of the song. Um, the guitar tone on that just gets me every time and the way they slide into the chords there's something about it I wish that the whole album was recorded with the guitar tone that they use on that on that specific guitar in this song and you hear he has some lead fills um, and then that that little chord progression which is so simple but it's it, the, the sound of it is really cool and then from there, we get the Admiral Halsey. So from Hands Across the Water, we go to A minor again. And then he hits this E minor. And then back to C major. that's basically it then the little um live a little section is just c to g7 live a little be a gypsy get around get around get your feet up off the ground live a little around all right that's just a, that's in c so um harmonically there's there's some cool little elements and he keeps it very basic but then throws in one chord like every section's got one chord that that that's the hook Right, that that's what grabs your ear and makes it just different enough that you're not getting bored that he hasn't really shifted keys very much in all these sections of the song. And those little hook chords are just fantastic. Like every time you get to them, it it works, right? It grabs your ear. And in all of this, and we haven't even talked about the instrumental arrangement, right? Um, everything about this track is perfectly placed and sonically this is probably the strongest song on the album which leads me to believe that it was always intended to be a single release from the onset right everything about this this song to me stands out on ram because everything on ram has a much looser feel uh, even the orchestrated like uh, sitting in the backseat of my car has a more 
loose. I, I kind of want to say sloppy, but it's not sloppy. But I think you know what I mean when it's it's not as polished and it's a little bit more. Um, it sounds a little bit more organic and just off the cuff kind of stuff. Where this one is very polished. For the first words out of his mouth. His vocal, this is the best vocal on the album as far as the clarity of his pitch and his tone and, and the closeness to the mic and all that that stuff. Um, I think all of it was an intentional, like he knew he had a potential hit with this song. Which I wonder why he didn't release it in the UK. My guess is because he was still in that mindset from the Beatles days that you don't release a song as a single that was on the album and he'd already released another day in England which was the single to support this album um but i think this this could have been a hit for him there and i don't i don't know maybe if you were there in the 70s late 60s early 70s at what point do they abandon that i know paul holds on to this philosophy of not putting uh, album tracks out as singles because he has several singles throughout the 70s that were not album tracks but like George has abandoned it by his first solo album and really the Beatles had abandoned it because Abbey Road and Let It Be both have album tracks as singles but for some reason Paul really held on to that philosophy of, of single releases at least in the UK for a lot longer than anybody else did and I'm wondering if, if other artists of that era were the same way um the Kinks had pretty much stopped by then. Like most of their singles were album tracks by that point. Um, I like the moody, atmospheric opening. The guitar work throughout this piece is fantastic, whether it's the rhythm guitar, the acoustic guitar, or uh, electric rhythm. The lead work is beautiful. I love the different guitar tones that they pull through. Paul's bass sounds fantastic. Um, his voice, like I said, top of his form on this one. It's just, especially that when he comes in with, we're so sorry, and it's just so like smooth and unstrained. You know, it's like, it's as if he's talking. He sounds easier singing this song than I sound talking right now. But that's because if I talk for more than three minutes, I start to lose my voice. Um, the song is supposed to be silly. And... If that's not evidenced by the whole butter pie and, and and all that kind of stuff and the live a little, be a gypsy, get around and all these little elements, it's supposed to be a little bit silly. Um, but he never drifts into novelty song territory, which honestly, Paul is more than capable of doing. Right. There's there's no shortage of songs on his albums with going back to the Beatles and all through his solo career that really lean more towards novelty song. Or pastiche. And this doesn't, it definitely doesn't go into pastiche, but it doesn't ever feel like a novelty song either. And I think that's kind of what makes Ram as an album so great is that there aren't really any novelty songs on that album. And you can't say that for a lot of of his albums. Um, and I'm not knocking these novelty songs, right? Some of them are among my favorites. You know, Magneto and Titanium Man and You Gave Me the Answer and... Uh, uh, Baby's Request and all those like are among some of my favorite Paul McCartney songs but sometimes you're just not in the mood for that and you just want straight ahead rock and roll or straight ahead ballads or whatever from Paul and you don't need the 30s throwbacks or the, the cutesy little songs 
And this one got criticized for being one of those songs back in the day. And even retrospectively, uh, you know, when they review this album for like box set releases and stuff like that, this album, this song still gets a fair amount of criticism for it being this lightweight um, novelty song. And to me, it just, I don't, I don't hear it that way at all. Maybe I'm giving Paul more credit than it's worth, but I think uh, of of anybody hosting podcasts um, about the Beatles, I'm probably the most critical of Paul of any of any of the podcasts I've heard. You know, they all tend to be very favorable to McCartney, so I don't think I'm going out of line here to say that this is one of his best songs. Um, and I think, like I said, I think Ram benefits from that lack of novelty the fact that we have this song like i was just talking about that has this raw rock and roll feel this you know uh uh, seat of your pants just winging it kind of vibe to it and then doesn't have some like 1930s throwback i think if he would have put that and ram on comes close um but i think if he would have had one of those throwbacks it would have taken you out of the album and it would have suffered there's no spot on this album where honey pie or you gave me the answer would fit and that's what i think of when i think of his novelty songs for better or worse and like i said i'm not knocking it queen had a plenty of novelty songs too um and i love them just fine um it's worth noting that there is a recording of John Lennon singing the hands across the water section of this song. And it sounds like he's at a party or there's a studio. It's a studio outtake because um, there's a, a bunch of people there singing along with them. But this may be the only track on Ram that John didn't think was a personal dig at him. So it's cool that he enjoyed at least this small fragment of the song. And there is an interview where he's actually talking about specifically he thinks this album is garbage. He thinks all the songs are about him. But specifically he cites the hands across the water bit of the song. He, he didn't even acknowledge that the whole song is good, just specifically that one section. So at least he found something in this to enjoy, um, even if he was a little bit paranoid about the meaning of every other song on this album, which we still have plenty more of those to talk about because there are more that he thought were about him. What are your thoughts on this tune? You can um, let me know. By giving me a call at 924-194-1739 or emailing me at kinksandbeats at herohabit.com. And of course, follow us on all the social medias that you want. I try to put different material on each one. And it's not all Kinks and Beatles stuff because Hero Habit covers a lot of topics. But I think it's of interest to a lot of you. So you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, our subreddit, our TikTok page, and of course this YouTube channel, which I would uh, really appreciate if you were to... I always do that. Hit that button right there and uh, subscribe to us. All right. I will see you all tomorrow. We're doing two episodes tomorrow because I missed a day this week. Um, So I hope you'll join me for both. Have a great day. Take care of yourself and stay safe.